Hello, this is Philip, and welcome to Love Driven Builder Podcast, where we talk about our faith and our work and how they interrelate through the stories and the principles found in the Bible. I'm so excited to share today's topic about a small group, uh, my favorite topic of this week, and let us begin. Have you heard of the largest church in the world? Being so proud in my ethnic background, it is in South Korea called Full Gospel Church. One of the famous strategies for their church growth is called the small group or cell group. Despite being 500,000 members mega church that is like bigger than most of the United States cities, it is the smallest church at the same time. How? It's the small group. If you get sick or at the hospital, you'll find that there are people praying at your hospital bed and visiting you daily to pray for you. The secret sauce here is the power of the small group. It is that unitized care groups that sustain the ministry that is so big, but so small at the same time, so small enough for you to have family experiences at the same time. If I think of my own faith journey as well, especially when I became a born-again Christian during my college years, it was that family-like small group church that was made up of missionaries who made me feel like I'm at home and a lot of cares, a lot of focused teachings and praying for each other. This was possible simply because it was the small group. Now I attend a church service where several hundreds participate at a time and although it is a large number how many people i'm actually interacting with is actually very very few people anyways yesterday my family had visited another family's place and we had meals together and kids played together it was just so awesome i felt physically fed emotionally supported i felt rested i felt this is the small group church that gotta be within the church of any size. I love those fellowships where we celebrate someone's birthday and we go around and share the testimonies. That, I feel, is the church of the Acts where they had broken bread, breaking bread at home, sang hymns and praying together. For the ministry to grow in number, our God our Lord has to add them daily, like found in the book of Acts. And we must not underestimate the power of what the small groups can do for your church or for your ministry. The first part of scripture comes from the book of Romans, chapter 16, verse 5. It says, greet the church that meets in their home. We actually covered something similar uh, back in episode 02, Habit of Gathering. The places like China, uh, we say that they are fastest growing Christian country uh, where every Christian has to meet and worship God in their houses. Um, They call it house churches. And that are the biblical churches in the book of Acts. In this case, in China, you have to gather like this because of the communist government that persecutes Christians. Uh, 
So in a small group like that, your concerns, your voices can be heard and you form the spiritual families who are genuinely interested in each other's welfare and extend their help whenever you are in need. Families are those who help when you are in the time of needs, right? Imagine how you'll be like when you face the problems and there's no one to help you. Definitely two are better than one and where there are uh, two or three people gathered, there, are, there is the presence of God. Second Bible verse comes from book of Acts chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 7. It says, In those days the number of disciples increased, and there were rumblings of discontent because the Greek-speaking Jews claimed that their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. So they came to the apostles and said, Why don't you do something about it? They said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. Choose seven men full of the spirit and wisdom and we'll turn this responsibility over to them. They did that. They selected seven men. The proposal pleased the whole group and the word of God continued to spread and the number of disciples increased in Jerusalem rapidly. Like we covered in the last episode of God's way of conflict resolution, when there are groups of people, just like here in the book of Acts, the first church uh, of Christianity, there were problems. There were problems of food distribution at the church of Acts, and apostles, they could not handle all of these problems as they were to devote themselves to care for people's spiritual needs. So what they did, they appointed seven deacons that is full of uh, Holy Spirit. Then these seven deacons had divided various roles to serve the people with the needs that they had. The third scripture comes from book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 46. Jesus says, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. So here we can see that whenever Jesus healed somebody, somebody touches Jesus, then Jesus felt this power had gone out of Jesus' body. So physically, ministry is draining. Especially if you are doing the uh, startup like myself, um, you have to do all things and you have to be with the people all around. You're not going to make for the long run if you continue to do so. Soon you'll reach the burnout and small group is very needed in order to cover these areas that you physically cannot fill you have limited strength you are not a superhero unlimited amount of strength you need these different types of small groups and networks in order to meet more needs for your group of people your ministry people not just people you serve but the very staff who are tasked to serve and volunteer. You are serving the staff, so then the staff and volunteers can better serve the very people that you would like to serve. So then, when these are done, God will add the numbers daily. What did you think? 
I'm so excited because in our ministry, we have started a small group for volunteers who would like to learn English through the Bible. I am surely going to go over there for their first English level test, and I am praying for what God would do through this small group as they gather to pray, uh, to learn, and to fellowship. I plan to create small groups for our ministry uh, that is uh, related to evangelism, that is related to the construction professionals, and hospitality. Uh, we also have a youth group that's upcoming. I'll ask your prayer for that. I hope today's podcast was helpful to you as well, and see you next time. Hello, this is Nadia Alterio from British Columbia, Canada. And I have a number of things that I'd like to share with you that I've discovered with respect to small groups and their role within the church and beyond that. I can start with um, an article that I read recently written by Pastor Brian Jones, the founder of the Christ Church of the Valley, which is located in the northern suburbs of Philadelphia. He addresses a number of benefits that small groups have, which, which are of great importance. So let's go through these. The first one, the first benefit is that small groups help the big feel small. It is no secret that there is one major fear people have in going to a large church. No one knows them. Small groups change that experience and make people feel at ease and heard. Another benefit is that small groups allows for the front for frontline pastoral care. Now this is interesting. Small groups are like the front line of pastoral care. Group leaders and members are the first responders to crisis in a large congregation. There are many emergencies that can occur in church that the pastor is the last to hear about because small groups have already jumped in and handled the situation. Another benefit is that small groups allow for the sharing of the gospel. We have to start thinking, stop thinking about small groups as Bible studies. As small groups facilitate relationships that re result in evangelism or the sharing of God's word, and this can occur in so many different types of small groups, which includes youth groups, women's groups, men's groups, and groups where everyone shares a common interest or hobby like a walking group or a grade school play group, etc. Another benefit to consider is that uh, small groups allow for an exchange of high priority communication. So this would entail getting the word out fast about something important in the church. And small groups are a great way by which important news can be shared and acted on. Another benefit to he addresses is that small groups allow for an opportunity to create a volunteer network and small groups are a great way to rally troops as they get the job done if there is a need for volunteer work or a service then small groups are a great way to spread the news and finally and most importantly the small group allows for discipleship now this one resonated the most with me. 
The small group environment provides opportunities for new relationships to form, where discipleship can happen in and outside of the group. A small group can be the root for the relationship that resulted in a person's discipleship process. But here's what's key. It takes a genuine person to disciple. According to Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20, discipleship is not about teaching people Jesus' teachings, but rather teaching people how to obey Jesus' teachings. So a disciple is someone who knows and obeys Jesus and his teachings. So it's not significant that someone can lead a small group discussion, say, on worry. People become disciples in the presence of someone who can teach them how to stop worrying from experience by the power of Jesus. Thus, collective disobedience can then become a problem in the small group atmosphere. And 99% of the time, it is because of poor leadership.